2 Corinthians chapter number 8 and verse number 9. The Bible said, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be made rich. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll bless the word of God tonight. I ask you to touch us these next few moments. Get glory and honor and speak to our hearts as only you can. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I came home this afternoon, and like I said last night, was uh, uh, there at the Hope of Israel conference and then knew that uh, I, I would fly out early in the morning. And so I thought, well, I'll just take a sermon uh, that I've already got and just preach it and then go back to uh, this thought on Calvary uh, on Sunday. But I just couldn't get this verse of Scripture off my heart. And so I thought, well, I'll just jot it down a few things and said, Lord, if that's what you want, then I'm just going to stick with what uh, the same vein that you've had me been preaching in these last few weeks and when we come to this verse of scripture of course we're reminded of Calvary as the Bible talks about Calvary and the Lord Jesus Christ here and how uh, that Jesus was rich but yet he became poor uh, for our sake and that we through his poverty might be made rich and I want to preach a few minutes tonight on this subject on Calvary the place of poverty Calvary the place of poverty I think that is the center uh, central theme of this verse of scripture that we've read here tonight and it's amazing that when you come to this verse here uh, that there's four things that we see about our Savior in this verse. Notice the Bible uses that phrase uh, for, we, for ye know. Amen. You know I'm glad that we know some things tonight. Uh, there's a lot of things about sin that I don't know anything about and I want to stop and say thank God I don't. Amen. Uh, I'm telling you there's things that I grew up at, uh, as someone's already said in a, a non-Christian home, but there's something I want to thank God for, that even though I didn't, I grew up in a, a home that did not know Christ, I, I'm glad that through the mercy and the grace of God, I got saved at a young age, amen, and I thank God that I never smoked a cigarette, and I thank God that I never drank alcohol, or I never uh, snorted coke, and I thank God that I never spent a night in jail. You say, preacher, are you boasting? No, I should have done every one of those things, uh, and you should have done every one of those things, and ten times worse, uh, uh, but thank God, amen. Amen. If grace got a hold of you before sin got a hold of you, you ought to thank God that you never lived that life nor ever went that way. It's just a life of wickedness and brokenness and heartache and headache and a life of scars and regrets. And if you can sit here tonight and say, by the grace of God, I don't know anything about that, but I do know about the word of God and I do know about the church and I do know about serving God and I do know, hey, those are the things I know about in my teenage years and young adult years and I want to say I've never been sorry for what I do know and for the things that I don't know tonight. Amen. I'm glad I don't know anything about pornography. I'm glad I don't know anything about listen all that wickedness and perversion. I could have went down that road just as quick and just as easy as anybody else but by, but by the grace of God I don't know anything about that tonight and it sure is a blessing to be able to have a clean conscience and a clear conscience of those things tonight. I battle enough things in the flesh that I don't want to go down that path. Amen. But there is some things that we know tonight. And one of the things that I can say I know is thank God I've been to Calvary. I've seen the Lord. I've been saved by the grace of God. I'm glad there's some things that you can know tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. 
You know, this world's gone crazy, hasn't it? Amen. Things that are going on around this world, I'll not waste the time talking about their craziness tonight. Seems like the, every day the world gets a little more crazy that we live in. But I tell you, I'm not focusing on them tonight. I'm glad you can have a sound mind. I'm glad you can have a sound heart. Even though the world may not have character and the world may be crazy, it doesn't mean we have to be that way. I'm telling you, we may be out of tune with them, but we can be in tune with this book and we can be in tune with heaven. Why? For we know some things tonight. And I thank God for what I know. And one of the things I know is Calvary. I know the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. And in this text, the, uh, Paul mentions here, for ye know. What, what do we know tonight about our Savior and about Calvary and this place of poverty? Well, he says, first of all, in verse number nine, you know the wonder of our Savior. He said, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, isn't that a wonder of wonders tonight? The grace uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter or two in verse number nine said that talking about Calvary and our Savior, it says that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. And when I think about the grace of God and I think about the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, I think about Calvary. And that's a wonder tonight that God would show grace on us and that Christ would show grace on us tonight. It doesn't matter which side of the tracks you came from. It doesn't matter if you was a drunkard or if you was a Sunday school boy or girl growing up. It took the same grace of God to rescue your soul as it did anybody else. And it ought to be amazing grace to every one of us. It's a wonder tonight that God would love any of us. It's a wonder that God would save any of us. It's a wonder that God would even come to where we're at. Isn't it a wonder that the gospel would come to your doorstep? You say, well, my mom and dad was saved. But isn't it a wonder that they got saved? or even that your grandparents got saved uh, with 8 billion people nearly on planet earth tonight here you are sitting in the house of God on a Wednesday night uh, I'm going to tell you what that is uh, that's nothing more than the grace of Jesus Christ uh, we didn't earn it uh, we didn't deserve it we couldn't have worked for it uh, and we sure couldn't have found it amen uh, but I'm glad that through the grace of God uh, a grace found me the gospel found me salvation found me and the church found me tonight amen the wonder of our Savior. And then he talks about the wealth of our Savior. Look what he said. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich. We ought to be reminded that Jesus is rich tonight. The riches of our Savior, the riches of Calvary tonight. When I think about the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, uh, when you read the Gospels, uh, we see Christ as a carpenter's son. We see him as a peasant. That's what he was uh, in this world. Uh, we see him as a prophet. Uh, uh, we see, my friend, uh, as our high priest right now. But we ought to be remember, reminded tonight that Jesus Christ, uh, he left the portals of glory and came to a sin-cursed world. Uh, 
He left all the majesty. He left all the honor. He laid aside all the power and all the authority. He laid aside all the glory. Why? To come down here to this world. That ought to do something for every one of us. We ought to be reminded of the wealth. He's rich. He's rich in love. He's rich in mercy. He's rich in grace. He's rich in blood. He's rich in faith. He's rich in victory. He's rich in kindness. He's rich in humility. He's rich in salvation. He's rich in righteousness. He's rich in holiness. He's rich in goodness. He's rich, my friend, Jesus Christ. He's richer than the richest. He's richer than Bill Gates. Amen. He's richer than Obama. He's richer than the Clintons. Amen. And he didn't come back corruptly neither. Somebody say amen right there. I'm talking about he's rich. He's more rich than all the diamonds of this world. He's more rich than all the rubies piled up together. He's rich more than acres and acres of gold and silver. Our God and our Savior, he is rich tonight. Amen. He's rich in life and he's rich in hope and he's rich in promises. We ought to be reminded of the wealth of our Savior. You see, when you walk away from the things of God, your life's not going to be better. You're not going to live a more prestigious life. You're not going to make it and be more happy. Why? Because uh, in Christ, uh, the solid rock, uh, I stand all other ground. is sinking sand tonight. I'm telling you, there's more hope and there's more happiness uh, and there's more peace and there's more joy in serving Jesus Christ uh, than there ever will be out there in the world ten times over. You know that? You know why? Because he's wealthy. He's rich. Uh, that means there's not a need uh, that I'll ever have that what he cannot supply. There's not a burden that I'll ever have that what he cannot bear. I'm telling you, there's not a resource that'll ever come my way that he cannot meet that need and be that resource. Why? Because he is wealthy tonight. The unsearchable riches of Jesus Christ. And we ought to thank God for that tonight. We think about the wealth of our Savior, the wonder of our Savior. What about the willingness of our Savior? Look what it said. Yet for your sakes, he became poor. There it is tonight. Calvary, the place of poverty. Yet for your sake, for my sake tonight, Jesus left the riches and the wealth behind and he became poor. I want to ask you a question tonight. I'm sure there's probably not a parent here in this room that you wouldn't exhaust your financial resources tonight to help your children. If there was a real need in their life, if there was a real expense in their life, something that I'm not talking about going out and buying them a new car or a $500 pair of tennis shoes. I mean, you ought to sue your brain for non-support if you buy your a young person a $300 pair. I mean, if they don't have a job and you have a job and you can't wear a $300 pair of shoes, why, the, why would you think they ought to wear a $300 pair of shoes? I mean, but that's just a little side note for you. I'm talking about a real need, amen. I'm talking about a need tonight. If they had a need, you know what you'd do? You would spend every dime. You would spend your last dollar to help them. You know why? You would literally take your riches, though it may not be much. You would take it and become poor for their sake because you love them and you would do anything to help them. Hey, that's the picture in this text. The only difference is he's a whole lot richer 
He's a whole lot greater than what you and I are. And we was a whole lot poorer than what our children would be. We was as poor down in poverty of sin as what you could get. We was destitute, living in the dung hills of sin. And Jesus Christ, he left it all. He left all the splendor. He left all the glitter. He left all the glory. And he came down to the very lowest estate. He lowered himself lower than the angels. And he came to where we was. He came to the poorest of the poorest. I'm talking about Skid Row. I'm talking about my friend at the end of the road. Jesus went all the way. And for our sake, he laid it aside. And he became poor for us. Amen. It ought to shame me tonight. Anytime I even think about holding back and giving to missions or a special offering. And you say, preacher, why you say that? Because my flesh is like yours. I remember one night sitting here in church and a preacher was preaching. And he's talking about giving a certain amount of money. And I had that certain amount of money in the savings. And I made this statement to my wife. I had sold something and I put it in the savings and I told her, I said, now, there was something we was having to take care of, a, a bill that was for a certain amount of, of months until it sold. And so I told her, I said, this, and I should have never said this. You ever said something new the second it rolled off your tongue? Oh, I just messed up. I said to her, I said, now, we're going to put this over in the bank because this will be security to take care of this if we need it. It's there. As soon as I said it, I know it was the Lord. He's, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, you don't have no security in finances. And I just kind of brushed that off and went on. You know how you are? Well, that wasn't God. That was my conscience. <laughs> And the preacher was preaching that night and he was talking about giving and making and giving all. And I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost got speaking to my heart and said, so won't you just give everything that's in there? And if I told you how much it was, it might not be a whole lot to you, but it was a whole lot of money to me. And I said, well, that ain't God speaking to me. That's just, you know, the preacher preaching. <laughs> and then he got to telling about how he one day, God spoke to him as the pastor to go empty what was in that special savings account. And, and then, I, then I knew. You ever been like that? And I'll be honest with you. I wish I could stand here tonight and tell you, oh, I just, without hesitation, I just, well, I just got the checkbook out and just wrote it out and in full faith. And it's not the way I gave that. I sit there and squirm through the service. I know you squirm sometimes because I squirm. I squirmed through that service and I said to myself, to the Lord, quietly, I said, now, Lord, you know how bad I need this. And Lord, you know what I'm facing. And the Holy Ghost said, would you not give that for me? I'm not trying to get in your pocketbook tonight. In fact, I would even go as far as to tell you, if God tells you to give it like God told me, he will take care of you. I'm not telling you to write a check tonight uh, just to write a check. I, I think there's nothing wrong with that. You say, but preacher, would, not, would God not bless giving? Oh, sure he would, but I don't think, uh, uh, listen, you know, I don't think if you got a light bill over here uh, for $300, now if you hadn't tithed, you need to tithe, amen? Uh, but I think if you got a light bill for $300 uh, and you've tithed and you've paid your missions and you got $300 in your account and you know that's for your light bill, I mean, don't be stupid tonight. Is that right? Y'all getting real... We'll just write a check for everything. We'll go to the house. Amen. I'm trying to help you here. But when God tells you to give it, 
like that particular night, it don't matter how much it is. He will take care of you. I'm just saying don't write your light bill money out and then go to the light company and say, hey, I gave it to the church. Will you keep it on another 30 days? <laughs> you know what I'm saying tonight? But my flesh struggled with it. But Jesus never struggled to become poor. You ever thought about that? He did not struggle to leave it all for somebody like us. He didn't struggle to, to empty everything he had. Somebody as wicked and ungodly as you and I. Tell you another thing, he didn't struggle to give it all for those that would never receive him. I'm not a Calvinist tonight. You know I'm not a Calvinist. But we know that there are some that will not receive Christ. He died for both of those thieves that was on the cross. And by the way, they both could have been saved. And they both had a choice. And they both, he died before both of them died. So they both could have got in. That other thief could have saw what happened to that one thief and he could have changed his mind. He had a choice, but he chose to go to hell. He didn't, God didn't send him to hell. Jesus died as much for him as he did the other. But he ever thought about that? Jesus, uh, without hesitation, he was willing to become poor. He was willing to give all. I want to tell you tonight, you've only got one life uh, and you've got to be willing to give it all. Not for salvation, but in service. Uh, after he gave his all for us. You and I ought to be willing to give it all. I'm telling you, I challenge you tonight, young people, give your life to God. You say, but I'm saved, preacher. I'm not just talking about being saved. I'm talking about get on an altar somewhere if you hadn't already and surrender and sell out lock, stock, and barrel and say, God, I don't want to be an ordinary Christian. I don't want to be somebody that just gets along or gets by spiritually. But I want to give my best. I want to give my all. If it means to be poor in this world, if it means to never have much in this world, life, but if it's a life given for you and a life serving you, then it's a life well spent. Hallelujah. The poverty of Calvary. You know, men down through the years and women that we think so well of, they became poor for Christ's sake. You think about David Livingston who went through the jungles of Africa and opened up Africa so that Africa could have the gospel. But yet his wife died in that jungle. His children stayed with his sisters. His oldest son Robert struggled and became somewhat bitter in life because of the sacrifice that his parents made. His wife died, his little baby died in that jungle at 4 a.m., one morning, a little servant boy went to the hut that Livingston was laying in to check on him. He was so sick. Checked on him at 12 o'clock, checked on him again at 2 o'clock, and at 4 a.m. that morning when he checked on him, that third time Livingston had died in a hut all by himself in the jungles of Africa. His son Robert came and actually fought in the Civil War under his mother's maiden name and died in a prison camp. You say, what are you talking about? I'm talking about sacrifice. Oh, we love Livingston and we quote Livingston and that's wonderful, but what about the poverty? 
Is it too much to give your life C.T. Studd? We could talk about others and others that have given their life. Uh, uh, listen, Mary Celeste, we could talk about her. We could talk about Amy Carmichael and many others. That we all know tonight, Hudson Taylor, that they, they lived a life of poverty. Why would they do such a thing and give up? Uh, uh, Studd gave uh, all the, the million that, that his father left him. Uh, he gave it all. Uh, he gave some, but he kept some for him and his wife. And Priscilla said, why don't you just give it all to, to mission? and let's live by faith and so they gave every bit of it and they lived by faith you say they must have been crazy no they had such a devotion such a commitment such a love for God why would they do that because he became poor for us I'm not telling you to empty your bank account tonight I'm just telling you if God tells you we all should amen but on the other side he wants more than our pocketbook he wants our heart he wants our life if he gets that he gets everything doesn't he tonight he gets it all. And he came, became poor. Calvary is the poorest place in all the Word of God. I'm trying not to preach on the prosperity of Calvary because it's both here. But Jesus became poor. At Calvary, he had no finances, he had no friends, and he hung there naked before the entire world. Abandoned, forsaken by his father. You talk about the poverty. His health was depleted and, and uh, he was dying and his body had been mutilated. Uh, the poverty of Calvary, it reached the lowest point that, that anyone, Jesus went all the way down to the very lowest point at Calvary. He drank every drop of sin's bitter cup. Why would he do that? It's in the verse for your sake. I underline that in my Bible. For your sake he became poor. The willingness of our Savior. And then I want to close with the work of our Savior. Jesus, why would you do that? I'll tell you why. He did it for our sake. Why for our sake? Notice this phrase, that ye through his poverty might be made rich. I want to tell you there was no other way tonight. Salvation demanded a sacrifice. Salvation demanded blood to be shed. Holy blood. Blood without sin. A life without spot. A life that was sinless, a life that was holy, a just like that little lamb that could not have a spot and could not have a blemish, the ultimate sacrifice that all them lambs uh, typed and foreshadowed had to be that life uh, that was so clean and so holy and so pure and so righteous that it was beyond spot, it was beyond blemish. And the only one that qualified for that was God's son. And God only had one son, and that son willingly came uh, and he became so poor in this life uh, he said, uh, he said uh, the fowls of the air have nests uh, and he said uh, the foxes have holes but the son of man hath nowhere to lay his head uh, you've heard it said before he borrowed a donkey to ride into town he borrowed a tomb uh, but the cross was his own uh, he took your crown he took your cross he took my crown he took my cross uh, he became so poor uh, and that's all that you and I had uh, was a thorn pierced crown uh, a 
crown of thorns and a rugged cross and Jesus took that and he carried it to Calvary as his own and he became poor. Why? Because of the work of Calvary. Because he became poor. Thank God we're here tonight. You know what we are? We're rich as a king. Amen. I'm telling you on a Wednesday night, on a summer night, we're sitting in the house of God and you may not have a lot of money in the bank but I'll tell you if you're rich tonight, if you're saved tonight, I remind you you're one of the richest people on planet earth. If you can pillow your head and know that heaven's your eternal home, I'm telling you all to shout hallelujah. You're rich tonight. You're rich in love. You're rich in mercy. You're rich in grace. You're rich in goodness. You're rich in salvation. You're rich in holiness. Why? Because he became poor. We're rich tonight. Hallelujah. Or like that little boy. I'm sure you heard the story. I've heard it all of my life just about it. Preachers tell it. About the little old boy, the little orphan boy that was adopted by the rich people. They pulled up in front of that big old mansion and he saw that big mansion. They took him inside that mansion. They showed him all the glory of it. Then they took him upstairs and they showed him his room. He had never had a room before. They showed him his bed. They pulled back the, the, the curtain or the closet door and they showed him all of his clothes. All he had was a bunch of old ragged clothes on. They showed him all those fine clothes. Gave him a place at the table. And after a month that went by, the wife said to the her husband one day, she said, I don't, I don't know if he really, if he's really happy here. And the husband said to the wife, said, why would he not be happy? He has everything. We love him. He didn't have parents and now he has parents. We love him. We, 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 we cherish him. He has a nice home. He has a nice room. He has all kinds of, of clothes. He has a good meal, a place at the table. Why would you think he's not happy? She said, because every morning, when I go by his bedroom, she said, I hear him. So the door is closed and said he's in there snubbing. He said, well, maybe you need to peek in and see why. And as the story goes, she peeked in the next morning as she saw him. And he would open that little chest and he'd pour out, pull out them old ragged clothes and would lay them on that bed and he would weep. And after a while of weeping, he would take those clothes and put it back in that chest. He would come on downstairs as he sat at the table that day and he wiped the tears out of his eyes. She asked him, she said, are you not happy? She said, I, I noticed you. Why have you got those clothes and you're weeping and, and you just seem like every morning said there's tears in your eyes and it seems like you're not happy. He said, those are not tears of sorrow. He said, they're tears of joy. He said, in those ragged clothes, he said, every day, he said, I pull them out, not because I'm sad, but because I want to be reminded of how good you've been to me and what I used to be and how I used to live and how that I once had nothing, but now I have everything. He said, they're not tears of sorrow. 
They're tears of joy. I'll tell you, when I look at Calvary, I'm reminded of the poverty of Calvary and how low our Savior was willing to go, how he was willing to suffer and how that he was willing to die, how that he was willing to leave the riches of heaven, the splendor of heaven, and take on the poverty of this world and the poverty of humanity. And I was living in the dung hills of sin, living in the, my friend, the set pools of sin. Oh, I had nothing just like that little orphan boy, dead in trespasses of sin, nothing to call my own, lost without God. Oh, but one day I met the master. One day I came by the way of the cross. One day I fell under the drippings of Calvary. And thank God tonight, because Jesus became poor, I can say hallelujah. I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm rich tonight. Don't it feel good to be rich? I'm telling you to have peace is more than all the riches of this world can ever buy you. Hallelujah. Do you know that tonight? All the money in this world cannot buy you a second of peace. But if you're saved tonight, we have it, don't we? All the money in this world can't buy you joy. But if you're saved, you have it tonight. Thank God for the poverty of Calvary. That Jesus, for your sake, became poor. That ye, through his poverty, might be made rich. I want to tell you tonight, when I think about my life, and I, I'm no, I'm no, I have nothing to boast in. I think everybody here tonight can say the same. But I only can testify for me. But when I think about my life, and I think about how good God's been, a good wife tonight, I don't have to worry about where she's at or what she's doing. Children, to have children tonight. I'm telling you, when I think about a church to go to and a church family, I was sitting there tonight while they were singing and I was sitting there in the chair and you know, I thought to myself, I thought, you know, you kindly learn each other. Uh, you know, I learn you and you learn me. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. You know that. But I was sitting there tonight and I was looking a little bit quiet here tonight. Not dead, but just quiet. And I thought to myself, well, it's summertime. It's getting hot and people's probably tired. They've probably worked hard today. It's a little quieter tonight, but it was good. But even with it just a little bit quiet, you know what crossed my mind? I thought, man, I love this church. Don't you love Bible babies? And I thought, there's no place. I mean this. There is no place I would rather be. After 23 years, there's no place I'd rather be than right here tonight. And I mean that. I'm telling you, there's not a church, and there's good churches all across this country. But there's, there's not a church in this country that I'd rather go to than this church. Amen. You know why? Because God's here. And because God's give you, give, he's given us a family. I mean, don't you love the family of God? I even love Thomas Black tonight. I did. I, thought, I looked out there and I thought, you know, he's sitting there grinning like a possum, you know. I thought, I even thank God for you. Can you believe that? That is grace, isn't it? He picked on me right before church, so I knew I'd get you back. But you know, don't you thank God for a place? I feel sorry for people that get in a church. 
and they let somebody poison their mind and taint their spirit and they lose their joy about a place. I, I talked to somebody like that today. And they said, they, they start, and I, I just stopped them. I, and I wasn't being mean. I stopped them. And I just said to them, I said, you know what? You need to quit drinking all that poison. Amen. I'm just going to say it tonight because it ought to be said anyway, often. If, some, if you, listen, stay away from negative Nelly. Can I get a witness on that? Oh, Debbie Downer, run from her like she's got the plague. Amen. Treat her like she has leprosy. Amen. Give me five more minutes. It's Wednesday night and I feel like preaching on this. You stay away from them people. Pray for them people and try to say something good to them. But I mean, have short conversations with people like that. Amen. If they start saying something real bad, just start talking about the weather. Change the subject 100%. Don't drink their poison. Well, I feel better now that I told you that. <laughs> Isn't that right? I said all that to say, well, this church ain't perfect. I get on your nerves and, and you are just wonderful. <laughs> Don't you thank God for each other tonight? And I love the church. I'm glad that Jesus became poor one of the richest things we have on this earth outside our family unit is the church. Don't take it lightly tonight as we stand.